What is up, Conscious Monkeys? It is April 6th, and welcome to another episode of Catch Up with Clayton. It's a big one. This is I've got a lot of information for you guys. Did a lot of shit again, so this might be a long episode. Um, I've also got some super powerful stories in here, at least one in particular that we're going to get into at the beginning. But before we do all that, I do need to promote something. I have a digital course out. You can find it by the link in the bio. If you just go to travelingtoconsciousness.com, you're going to find it. And it's an incredible course, guys. Like It gives you all of the core lessons that I've learned in the last year of my life. But the, it really came to the surface in the last year. It's something that I've been putting together technically my entire life. It's really been a culmination of all of it. And it's really not too much material. Like you could really get through all of it in a day. So I do give you about a 60 day trial. I I think I'm gonna have to reduce this down to 30 day at some point, but go check it out. It's absolutely incredible. And it's not too much. Like personally, I don't like whenever instructors are like, oh, I have like hundreds of hours of content and material. To me, I see that as just too much. It's, it's, you get lost in the weeds. So I've really boiled down all the core fundamental information, the core fundamental topics that I have learned from books or from meditating. And I, I just give it to you guys. And it's, it's on my page. It's like 63 bucks, but dude, see, this is an investment as you in yourself, because I guarantee you, you're going to learn something. And if after 60 days, you can watch it 60 times in 60 days. And if you literally learn nothing, then, you know, no questions asked, I'll give you your money back. It's totally cool. And for people who want to take it to the next level, I'm going to start implementing like a a premium package where, you know, you're going to have, you're going to talk with me and we're going to go step by step through each week and just, we're going to talk. I'm going to give you the personal advice that I can give you for your particular situation. And this is going to unlock you. Like I have no doubt in my mind that you will come away after those six weeks a a completely new person and you'll understand why your life has played out the way it has. And it's like giving you the keys to the city. So, you know, that's a premium package. You know, we're going to talk, I'm going to have an application out that you can apply. Uh, I'll drop a link in the bottom of this one and you're going to be hearing more about it because I just, it's so incredible. Like it's going to unlock you. You're going to be in control of your life. If you want to travel, if you want to start your own business, I don't know what's for you. I don't know what you want, but I do know how I can give you the keys to figuring out what it is that you do want. So it's super powerful stuff. I'm going to be blasting it more because I just, I'm so excited to give you guys it. Yeah. So that'll be an application process because I only want to be working with certain people. Uh, I'm going to probably close it off to just six people at first um, to just, you know, nail it down. Uh, So make sure you apply. Uh, It's going to be six clients in six weeks and it's going to be sick. (laughs) so with that being said let's actually jump into the core episode i so we decided to leave cairo a little bit early uh i'm coming from let me back up a little (laughs) uh i'm in luxor right now and so that's where i'm coming to you from but how did i get to luxor that's really the question of the day we decided to leave cairo two days early because remember last time we were talking i um Sorry, I'm fogging up. I was looking at the pyramids the last time we talked and shit, those things are so beautiful. So we decided to leave Cairo two days early because we were kind of in this quasi situation where Cairo wasn't, you know, the nicest city. It was kind of dirty. It was kind of like people were just bombarding us to help us everywhere we went, trying to leech on to us. It was a lot. I'll be honest. 
And so we were like, all right, let's let's leave here a bit a bit early. We're gonna have time to come back later in our trip, which from the time of this recording will be in two days. We'll spend two more days in Cairo. We said, hey, excuse me. We said, hey, let's go to a swan. Let's see what's happening in a swan. And guys, a swan is an absolutely beautiful place. But before we get to how beautiful a swan is, there's a huge lesson. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is in um, this time, in this traveling to a swan. So I'm not sure how many people actually watch the physical thing on YouTube, but there's a necklace that I always wear. Uh, A buddy of mine from San Diego gave it to me on my birthday. Incredible necklace. necklace. It's like a crystal that's encased in a gun shell casing. And yeah, so I've always worn that. Another piece of the backstory is that letting go. I have been struggling with letting go of things, letting go of situations, letting go of moments, letting go of people in my life. And this is something that I feel like would bring me to the next level of my, let's say, spiritual journey of my life, of my, the next thing that I needed to learn. And so I'd been asking like, Hey, like, you know, I'm ready to learn how to let go. Like, you know, it's my spirit guides and everything like, yo, like I want to let go. I, I know that this is the next thing I need to learn how to do in order to get to the next stage in my life. Like I knew that I knew that from just personal experiences I knew that from the things that I'll teach you in the digital course. (laughs) And so I knew that was the next thing. So I was like, look, I'm ready. Let's do it. So we're going through Cairo security and man, it's so bizarre. Like there's like three different stages of security. Like they checked our information once we got our passports, they checked our bags again. And then when we got to the gate, they checked it a third time. Well, the third time we load up our bags and I still have my necklace around my neck. And I kind of realized like, oh shit, I should have put this in the bag to go through the scanner. I didn't. And as I walk through, like the moment before I get through the the metal detector, I kind of like grab it. I'm like, oh shit, I should have put this in. But then I'm like, oh, it never really sets off metal detectors anyhow, whatever. And I walk through the scanner. The scanner doesn't go off. But the guy sees it around my neck because of that gesture I made. And he just goes, not allowed. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, this, not allowed. And I'm like, why? Doesn't answer. He grabs it, takes it off my head, undoes the rope, and removes the gun shell, the gun shell necklace, and the crystal. And I just felt the rage building up inside me. He didn't say anything to me. He just said, not allowed. I then, I'm starting to feel it right now. I then, so for me personally, whenever I get the parasympathetic nervous system intact, that fight, fight, flight, or freeze response, my instinct is always freeze. That is just the way I go. And it like, it's weird. It's like a cog in a, in the machine that just, you kind of lock up. And I felt it and I saw him take it off and he put it on top of the machine. I go and sit down and all of this just emotion started boiling up with me. I started kind of cursing him out. Like how the hell could it be so stupid? You know, it's, it's the shell. It's not the actual thing. You know, it's, you know, you know, kind of screw him like, fuck you. Like, how could you be so dumb? Your security, blah, blah, blah. 
and I realized, calm down. I told myself, relax. I was like, let go. I was like, this is what you've been learning. This is what you've been wanting to learn. You know, this negative emotion is a lesson for you. I was like, shit. Like I knew that. (laughs) I was like, it's a, it's a piece of metal. You can't take it when you die kind of thing, you know? And so I just sat there for a couple seconds and meditated, lowered my energy, forgave him essentially. Like he's, you know, he's ignorant, da, 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 whatever. And, you know, and it was a battle, man. It was an internal battle to get myself to relax. It was like, you know, I, I kept, I was still like in this negative emotion as I was getting on the plane and everything. But as I kept catching myself, I'm like, just calm down, just relax, like let go, you know, and, and through some different processes, which again, you learn in the course, (laughs) I got myself to calm and like realize that there was beauty in this, that this that this was what I've been asking to learn. And the universe was sitting right here saying, Hey, here's what you've been asking to learn. Like, we're going to take something away from you that really means something to you, but you need to learn how to just let go, let it go. It's fine. And, you know, I know the person who's made it for me. I asked him, Hey, can you make another one? And then I find the logical reasoning kicking in, like, but it's not the one that he made you for your birthday. And it's like, just let go. It's okay. And, Yeah. So honestly, I feel lighter because of it. I mean, it sucks. I feel it every now and then. Um, And this is something I talk about in the course. I apologize. I'm not trying to oversell this thing, but I'm just just thinking about it uh, more and more. Um, But, you know, the waves that will kind of propagate to you is like it'll the universe will still kind of poke at you about it. And even over the next couple of days when we were in a swan, I was still kind of getting poked at uh, by this story where my dad would kind of bring something up about it. And I would think about it and I'd feel the triggering again. I would think, how could these guards be so stupid? Da, 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 da. It's like, no, stop. So I'm at a place now where I'm actually pretty at peace with it, which is amazing. I, I see it as a huge step in my you know spiritual, let's say, development. And my dad even brought up where he's like, yeah, I didn't want to bring this up earlier, but like. I saw him grab it off of the machine and like put it in his pocket after you walked by. And, you know, again, that kind of sparked to me. It was like this motherfucker like thought it was fucking worth, worth something. So he just stole it from me. Like, I know it's allowed, blah, blah, blah. And it come, it comes back to the, just let go. It's all good. So that was a powerful story. Um, let's move along though. Uh, yeah, a swan, absolutely gorgeous. We got to a swan, uh, and I think it's like, it's probably like the bougie, it feels kind of like the bougie spot where Egyptians vacation, at least this was my initial belief system. We'll kind of keep going through that. Uh, and I was just like, dude, this place is beautiful. Like nobody knows about this. And guys, if you're listening, go check out a swan. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like New Orleans uh, because it had, because of the way that the Nile river uh, flew, flew flew through it, flowed, flowed through it. Excuse me. I think that's how you pronounce, say it. Like it flowed through it, but it really had this bayou kind of feeling like our hotel was like in the middle of the Nile and you had to take a boat to get to the main shore. And then there was people who would take you on like these little bayou cruises on their boat and kind of like, you know, work you around the Island. Um, so another story about that later, but uh, something that I went and did was uh, checked out a Nubian museum, which talked about the whole area. It talked about 
uh, things that were saved, um, things that were kind of moved around. And because what happened was is that they actually set up these dams. There was the low dam and the high dam. Or the low dam? Maybe it was the old dam and the new dam or the old dam and the high dam. But what essentially happened was is the way that the Nile flows is that it wouldn't be consistent. So what would happen is is that you would have these massive amounts of water come through and then it would become super dry. And then this would cycle throughout the year. So this was like a, a three-month process. And it would flood things and then come down. It would flood things and come down. And so what happened was is that the Egyptian government or whoever decided to put these dams in. And what ha- what occurred is is that it essentially created like a – I think it's Lake Na- Nasu, Nabasu. But regardless, it created like this giant lake um, above and they would like just – you know, they essentially monitor the water that they let go through. And why did I bring that up? Oh, because whenever they set these dams up, what it meant was is that there were going to be temples from, you know, old ass Egyptian time. We're talking thousands of BC. You know, they they would have been flooded and they completely destroyed. And so what they did was is they huge, huge efforts, absolutely insane efforts from uh, I believe it's called an UNESCO, UNESCO. Uh, it's a big organization of just uh, countries to preserve ancient artifacts. And man, it was a, it was a lot of effort that they put into saving a bunch of these things. And we'll talk about that more. But yeah, so I went to this, new, it was called a Nubian Museum. I think that's just the area of a swan uh, and the people that kind of lived in this area for generations, man. Like before the rule of, I think, the the... The pharaohs, I believe, they were there for a long-ass time. Um, and so in this museum, they talked about that so many things were saved from the flooding. They moved stuff there, and it was super cool museum. Like, the way it was set up, they had, like, an indoor per- portion. They had an outdoor portion. There was a garden, an amphitheater. They had a house that was kind of set up uh, the way that Nubians would have lived back in the day. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see it because it was, they were doing a bunch of construction. But super cool. Go check it out if you find yourself in a swan. I also got to see what's known as the unfinished obelisk, which if it was if it was produced, it would have been the biggest obelisk in history. And it was it was massive, man. Like this thing, they would just they found like this whole area of stone and they would try to carve it out. The problem was is that when they were carving it that it cracked one too many times and they just abandoned the project. Well, it got saved because of sand buildup. And again, like I was saying with the Nile River is that it would just massive floods would occur. It was pretty crazy because I was pretty far away from the Nile where this was. And you kind of just have to go. You have to go get a tour guide and and they'll tell you about like where the flood water would rise up to. And it, it was insane. It was insane how much flooding and inconsistency there was in the Nile back in the day. So end of the day, it's a good thing they made those uh, dams, which notably those dams are only from like 1960 or 1920. Like it wasn't that long ago when they made these dams. Um, but I digress. Uh, I went on a tour on the Nile, this guy with his boat. I don't know if you saw on Instagram, but I got a picture of me like laying down on this boat, which was pretty tight. I had like a whole bed set up and he gave us a personal tour around the Nile. We drank some Nubian tea in a Nubian village it kind of tasted like chai tea with mint, but man, it was it was solid. Uh, you could also see a picture of me holding an alligator or a crocodile, excuse me. So that was there. 
And yeah, it was a good just resting point because, you know, we've been on the go for two and a half weeks at this point. It's insane. <laughs> the amount of walking has been crazy. But yeah, so that was cool. We checked that out. And yeah, that led us up to the Nile cruise. We did a three day, four night, four night, three day. What is it? Four days, three night. That would be it. <laughs> four days, three night cruise. We checked out the Philae Temple. Um, Philae Temple? Yeah, the Philae Temple uh, that has been used for so many things. A lot of these temples, and it's crazy to hear about like kind of the history of it because, you know, the, the, the Egyptians at the fair time would have created it. And then you have the whole Greek-Roman occupation uh, from, you know, kind of Christianity, and they would use these temples as churches. And this is pretty much all of them. They're just like, these things are fucking beautiful. We're going to use these as a church. Good job, Egyptians, but we're going to take it over now. <laughs> I found them beautiful. The hieroglyphs, insane, man. Like these are just things you got to go check out for yourself. Uh, but Philae Temple was also one of those temples that they moved um, because of because of the flooding that was going to occur, and it's incredible. Like all these all these temples that I'm about to mention, go look them up because the sheer size of them and the fact that they were able to move them is absolutely incredible. So for Philae, they like cut these things into certain portions and kind of like removed them to the new site and just rebuilt them. It's absolutely incredible. The sheer ability for them to, to recreate these huge pieces. Um, let's see here. Yeah. It was used for many things. We saw Abu Simbal, which was the same situation. It was, uh, you know, built in one area and because of the floods, they moved it or not the floods because they were going to dam the water and build it up they needed to move those things so that they could preserve it you know so abu symbol was a shrine to ramses ii um i'm gonna kind of save you guys the details because i want to like leave it as a little bit of a mystery for you guys but go check it out highly recommend uh our tour then also went up through uh come on which is like two temples um on the right side was for the god horus and on the left was for the crocodile god which I don't really remember his name, but I think it's crazy that they had a crocodile god. And what was even crazier is that they actually had a crocodile museum, which was just all of these different mummified crocodiles that they found at this temple whenever, you know, they found the temple. <laughs> so you walk into this museum and there's just like 20 mummified crocodiles just like laying out. You can see they even made like caskets for some of them or uh, caskets. I don't remember what they called them in Egyptian time, times, but essentially caskets for the crocodile. So, you know, they really worship these things, which is kind of crazy in my opinion. We also went to Ed, Edfu. We went to Edfu Temple then, which is now we're kind of making our way up the Nile. So Kamambo is kind of like in between Aswan and Luxor. And so is Edfu. And the reason Edfu is crazy is because of that same thing I was telling you about. You can kind of see on the... Um, you can see on the, what's it called on the stone where the soil would have risen up and been from the Nile. And it's crazy to think about because the Nile was so far away. It was probably a good solid, I don't know, 300 feet, 500 feet, something like that. It, it was pretty far from the Nile, but then to see that the soil and silt that would have been built up on this temple temple was crazy so this this place was experiencing massive flooding um we also then kamambo was pretty dope edfu was dope 
at this point in our conversation, we make it to Luxor. Uh, now, now we're at Luxor, which has all these different things like Karnak, Luxor Temple, Valley of the Kings, Hatshat Suit. I know I pronounced that wrong, <laughs> but that's the closest I got. So Karnak was pretty dope because it was like the biggest temple by land size. It was like this area where every king would like keep adding something on. And it was like this, you know, propagation to the gods kind of thing, like just giving it to them kind of deal. And yeah, it was pretty dope. They they did a great job with it. Um, I kind of lose my train of thought. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I should mention this. Let me think about this. Yeah, I'll say that there's these things called ley lines, and this is where it comes into the spirituality portion of the the, the travel again. There's things called ley lines, which you know how if in your body you have chakras, you know, there's the root chakra, sacral, blah, 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 all the way up your body. These are energy centers of the body. Well, what we've discovered or what is believed is that there are also chakra systems at play with earth. So in earth, there's different chakra points. Well, what connects these chakra points are ley lines. And so the chakras are essentially at the intersection of the ley lines. So one of those intersections was actually near Karnak Temple. And I'm just going to say for the sake of the fact that this is a podcast that we were made aware of where one of those intersections was. And it was pretty close to Karnak. Well, our tour guide was saying that that essentially, um, you know, they, they kind of block it off and don't really let people in there because what happened was is over time they realized that people were only coming to Karnak temple just to go to this specific location and the government caught wind of that and said, Oh, okay, well like we're going to set up guards and there were guards. Like there were literally military kind of guards guarding off this shrine, uh, which was a shrine to Shibaki Shibaka. It was the lioness God. And she was like the God of protection. Um, and so they kind of had it blocked off but the point was is that like you have to get permission from the government people will like open up these temples after hours he was saying it would be like five thousand dollars just to get permission to go to these locations and then even more money if you wanted to actually like go and visit these specific spots for a long duration of time so yeah crazy in that regard and it was funny because he was even kind of telling the story and he was like, yeah, there was only like seven priests who had knowledge of where these sacred spots were and they would kind of only tell their divine thing. And I'm like, are we touching on what the hypothetical Illuminati is? And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that's trippy. With that being said, uh, whenever I was like in Kamambo, uh, was it in Kamambo or uh, Edfu? One of the two. Maybe it was Luxor Temple. Well, he... I think it was Luxor temple. He started pointing out like the good spots to meditate where kind of like, yeah, it was Luxor. He started pointing out the, no, it wasn't Luxor because that, I don't know. Sorry, this is bad radio, but essentially he started pointing out the good spots to meditate inside all the, oh, it was, it was Edfu where he pointed out the good spots to meditate where, you know, people see as let's say the most divine location to meditate. And I'll tell you what, one of them, I did feel it in the one in Edfu. There's a, there's a room in Edfu that you can go and check out and hit me up if you go to Edfu. But there is a room and, you know, the energy was pretty immense in there. I, I don't know if it's, you know, I, I definitely felt it. 
I'm not sure if it's because so many people go there and meditate in that room or if there's actually some magical powers about it, but hey, take it for what you will. Uh, moving along, we went to the Valley of the Kings after Luxor, after Luxor Temple. And Valley of the Kings is pretty cool because it's like where they buried all of their dead, uh, dead kings. Like once the pharaoh passed away or the king passed away, they buried them there. And what happened was is that they would have workers who they would go and take, they would blindfold the workers so that they didn't even know where they were going into this valley or where the valley was. Blindfold them, take them to the valley and have them work on essentially where they were going to bury their pharaohs or their kings. And they essentially would just work on these tombs until the, the person died and then just bury them there. And so it was really cool to kind of see the way that they were kind of created and the way that it was all like laid out. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I took a picture of the outside of King Tut's tomb, which is in the Valley of the Kings. He's saying that there was like another ticket you needed to go deeper into it. And was, we were just like, not, not worth it. But if you do want to see hieroglyphs, if you want to see the beauty of hieroglyphs, go to the Valley of the Kings. Cause that is where the most preserved and beautiful hieroglyphs exist. And to think that all of those hieroglyphs were done on all these other temples, just incredible. I I find it just amazing to to even consider, to even contemplate that these huge temples have this work of art embodied on them. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely incredible. Just, it's something that you see these temples today and you're like, wow, this is fucking crazy. If you could imagine them with the coloring on them, it would have just been another level. Absolutely another level. <clears throat> yeah, so after ha- after Valley of the Kings, we saw a hatchet suit, which was uh, kind of like this, the, the essentially the first ruler of Egypt that was a female. And it was kind of funny because she was always depicted with like the female eyes, which kind of like had mascara. But she would also have a beard and her whole goal was to be viewed as like, you know, being able to rule as a man, but being a woman. So in my opinion, we that she had to have been like one of the first, uh, what are they called? Jeez, I suck. My bad guys. I don't suck. I'm cool. I'm great. <laughs> um, shit. Why am I blanking? Ah. <sighs> transgender <laughs> there it is or cross dressers whichever one you want to kind of i i view her as like being the first like she she was the trendsetter back in i don't know i think it was probably the new kingdom so it had been like 1000 bc or something and she ruled for like 18 years there's a crazy story with her as well that i'm not going to do it justice and honestly i'm kind of losing wind here <laughs> but go check it out i can always drop you guys more information if you're going to egypt feel free to reach out i'll give you all the details all the juicy deets um and we had a dope tour guide so shout out Mido. Mido. if you go on a nile cruise excuse me if you go on a nile cruise and you get Mido, i will put you in contact with him let me know uh he's a super dope tour guide he just knows the whole lay of the land he's a cool dude a cool dude he'll like tailor the whole experience to yourself and something i think i should also throw in here you like if you travel to Egypt, just be ready to not be able to trust anybody. The entire situation is set up. Like everybody knows everybody else's little shindig 
And so a way of them getting you to trust them is to build distrust with the previous person that they believe you trusted. So like, it's so crazy. Like they'll kind of tell you the way you should tip or the way you should do something. But like by telling you like what's acceptable for some people and what's not for others and man, it's just, it's the wild west out here with honesty. So just be careful, protect yourself. Just, I mean, or just have fun and just go with a blank check, take your pick, but I'm just letting you know, just be careful. Um, protect yourself. Be careful in the sense of just people. A part of building trust is to part build, build distrust with the last person you trusted. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but something to be aware of if you go, when you go, when you go. Other than that, I am now in Luxor. Oh, shit. Um, sorry about that. The phone just rang. Uh, hope we'll wrap this up real quick, but I'm at the Hilton resort and spa in Luxor and it is absolutely gorgeous guys. They have uh, a workout room. They have a sauna, they have a massage, they have three restaurants. It's fucking insane. And it's like a hundred dollars a night or something. So here's the deal. Like go to, if you're going to Luxor, like at least go treat yourself. Like this place is so nice. Breakfast and dinner included. Everything's so cheap here. You know, I think the most expensive thing is the plane ticket. But once you get out here, man, like everything is beautiful in Luxor, beautiful in a swan. Cairo is a madhouse, but you got to go and check it out. The traffic is insane. Um, even our tour guide was saying like, yeah, if you can drive in, if you're able to drive in Cairo, you can drive anywhere in the world because it's nuts. Like it's something you have to experience. Like go into Cairo and just get a, get a taxi or an Uber across town. It's crazy. It's bonkers. Highly recommend that for anybody who's, um, yeah, who's, who's heading that direction. So go check that out. And wow, this is the longest catch up with Clayton to date. <laughs> I, I promise they're going to probably get shorter after this or I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see how crazy life gets, but yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed. Other than that, I want to plug my digital course again, please go check it out. If it resonates with you, grab it again. It's not a whole lot of information, but it's like it's a quality over quantity thing. Like, do you want me to tell you about like the thousands of, do you want me to tell you and sell you on thousands of hours of material? Or would you rather just have one hour of material and it be the best hour that you could possibly manage? That's the kind of the structure that I've used to set this up. So take that with a grain of salt. Well, not take that with a grain of salt. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought again. <laughs> I'm going crazy over here. Um, go check that out. I'm also going to be putting together a premium package for people who want to invest in themselves even more. And that's the thing guys view this as investing in yourself because yeah, I, I personally have had like weird, weird affiliation with money personally, but at the end of the day, like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you invest in yourself, you're going to be able to invest in the, you're going to have a better future, right? Like I'm, I'm giving you the keys to unlock your life, like see it as, you know, it's the saying of, you know, buy a man a fish, feed, feed him for a day or sell a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime. I'm teaching you how to fish. I'm teaching you how to rewrite your subconscious programming. I'm teaching you how to rewire these negative behaviors that you keep seeing manifest in your life. I promise you that that will be the end result of, even if you just get the digital course, you'll be able to do it. But this premium package, oh, we're going to get in, we're going to get into it. You, you've got my attention. Uh, so yeah, but first I, I need to make sure that you're, you're, you're good for it because I just, I don't want to be wasting my time with people who aren't the right fit for it. 
I want you to know that this is going to be a process. I'm, I'm showing you the repetitive pattern that you can do to reset the rep repetitive patterns that you've seen in your life. I hope that made sense. I don't know. This is a long time of talking. <laughs> With that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. I'm so happy that you listened, downloaded, you know, got all this content. Other than that, I love you guys. And I'll see you in the next episode, which is going to be a review of my last. So if you like these, my next episode is actually going to be a review of like my last 30 days or 30 weeks. Sorry, 30 weeks. Uh, it's not going to be, I don't know. We'll see how long it ends up being, but I basically just want to take you guys on a journey of my last, my last 30 ish weeks. And it's been a crazy, crazy 30 weeks. <laughs> I'll tell you that definitely some of the most enlightening of my time. So look for that on Monday, but today is Thursday for you. It's April 6th for me. And let's continue to grow together. Love you guys.